Time for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. I'm Paul Gatling. We've got the latest issue of the magazine out this week, featuring a cover story on Itzel Meder, who is the SBA Lending Director at First Security Bank, which has a sizable market share in Northwest Arkansas. It was the largest bank in the state without a dedicated SBA loan division. Meder's hiring nine months ago changed that. Also in the new issue, speaking of SBA lending, you can check out our annual list of the largest SBA lenders in the region. We've also got reporting on a new chief operating officer at Highlands Oncology Group in Springdale. A big milestone reached this month in Northwest Arkansas for global micro-lending nonprofit Kiva. And Mark Zweig examines some common misconceptions about entrepreneurship. You can find all of those stories in the latest issue of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal. And you can find the digital version online at nwabusinessjournal.com. We've got more news after the break on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security, member FDIC, equal housing lender. As part of our State of the State series, three executives sat down recently via Zoom with Talk Business and Politics Editor-in-Chief Roby Brock to discuss business, politics, and policy. Arkansas Trucking Association President Shannon Newton, National Federation of Independent Businesses State Director Sylvester Smith, and Arkansas Center for Health Improvement CEO Dr. Joe Thompson shared their perspectives on the year ahead. All right, Joe Thompson, I am coming to you first uh, as you are at the center of the swirling uh, disaster going on in Arkansas. As we tape, uh, the coronavirus is raging in Arkansas. We've got some of our highest daily counts that we've ever had uh, from the Omicron uh, variant. At the same time, it does not seem to be making people as sick. Kind of assess the situation of where we are and what you see happening just in the short term, the next uh, two weeks to four weeks. Well, Roby, I think we're in the middle of an uncontrolled spread from a variant of this virus, COVID-19. The COVID-19 virus has the ability to mutate, and it can mutate, and one of three bad things can happen. It can become more infectious, it can become more deadly, or it could, out, it could come out from under the protection that our vaccinations offer. The Omicron does a little bit of two of those. One, it is very much more infectious, uh, one infected person now may be infecting as many as 15 more each day. So this is part why we're seeing the dramatic spread. It does appear to be a little less deadly, but if you have more people with it, you're going to have potentially more hospitalizations and more death. And it does require that you have the booster shot 
to actually get the benefit of the vaccine. So we only have about 30% of our Kansans that have had the full first round and the booster shot. So a strong recommendation for everyone to go out and get the booster shot so that you're protected. Let me ask you this. This probably gets into more medical theory, but I mean, there's obviously enough uh, evidence to support or not support this. Do we? Do, how do we get to the point of um, of of herd immunity, which is where we're we've been trying to get with this through the vaccine process? Can people getting sick from Omicron, but not um, it not affecting everybody as um, as deadly as it did? Can it help us get to where we eventually need to go with herd immunity? If there is a positive, you know, approach to this, it is that the spread of Omicron being so wide is that it's going to expose individuals to COVID-19. Their immune systems will become aware of what COVID-19 is, and then we will get to herd immunity more quickly. Unfortunately, individuals that either have comorbid conditions or whose immune system doesn't react may have bad outcomes, and these will be the the family members and members of our community that we may lose more of. So it's a mixed blessing uh, of having widespread infections. And of course, the wild card is always, does it mutate into a new version of the virus that our immune systems do not recognize? Yeah, we'll watch for that. Obviously, we will not have that answer today. Shannon, I come to you next. Um, Again, staying in this public health emergency that we've been in for the better part of two years, kind of give some folks a little bit of background of how it has impacted the trucking and the transportation industry, uh, and is it responsible for some of the non-public health uh, problems we see within the the industry and the supply chain today? Well, I think um, from the trucking industry's perspective, as it relates to the COVID-19 pandemic that we've all experienced over the last 18 months, um, the industry has actually had the opportunity to continue to do what has always done, uh, which is deliver goods to people, you know, wherever they are. Um, it has been increasingly um, challenging. Uh, we've also, of course, we have labor issues. Um, but initially, if you think back, um, there were times at which we we weren't sure how we were going to cross um, state lines or where the drivers were going to be able to use facilities. And so those types of challenges, just from a those are that are unique to our industry, um, were certainly ones that. Um, had a very hampering impact initially and contributed to some of the supply chain issues and supply chain concern that we, um, that everyone was more familiar with throughout 2021. You know, I'm not sure if the industry is living right or not, but in the midst of all of that, you you had one of the most major thoroughfares from the East-West corridor kind of get shut down for several months with the Memphis Bridge there. That kind of compounded some problems for you, didn't it? So Um, Certainly at a regional level, uh, that was a a major story of the last year, having that as you mentioned, a major corridor for interstate freight being shut down for approximately three months um, had a, a significant impact on um, freight flow across the country, but particularly those companies that were in Arkansas and those that relied on the bridge in some cases more than once a day, um, the impact there was particularly painful. Sylvester, you represent a lot of different business interests, but I want to particularly focus on small businesses. Uh, your representation of the National Federation of Independent Businesses has you um, really plugged in with what's happening in Main Street, America, Main Street, Arkansas, what's happening in in smaller towns as well as uh, cities in the state. Um, It's just been it's been devastating for small business owners, not only from the perspective of its impacted sales and revenue, but it has also impacted workforce. Speak to um, our listeners, readers and watchers a little bit as to what 
you have kind of seen and what you've been struggling with, what your members have been struggling with? Well, th- well thank you, Roby. And I think as we all know, small business owners, we are optimists. Uh, and NFIB has a tool that we use to track that optimism. It's called the Small Business Optimism Index. And right now, Roby, two years into this pandemic, our members are feeling better than they have in the last year and a half. Our optimism index is at about 98%. But some of the things that we see that are concerning trends, uh, there's one question we ask about a business owner's expectation that the next year will be better than the last. And that indicator is the lowest it's been uh, since 2012. And that's just a portion of our recent State of the State Executive Panel Discussion with Dr. Joe Thompson, Shannon Newton, and Sylvester Smith. You can watch the full conversation online at talkbusiness.net. In other news this week, Missouri-based Sterling Bank broke ground recently for a banking center in Rogers, just north of a loft hotel near Interstate 49. The company is also building a branch in Fayetteville that should open later this spring, and also has land secured on Walton Boulevard for a third location in Bentonville. Sterling Bank has nearly $1.4 billion in assets. Bentonville firm CEI Engineering Associates has donated $100,000 to the University of Arkansas to support the new Grady Harville Civil Engineering Research and Education Center. The $14 million facility's student conference room will now bear CEI's name, And the National Retail Federation has elected Walmart U.S. CEO John Ferner board chairman. The board is the governing body for the world's largest retail trade association. Ferner's appointment is for two years. You can find those stories and more at nwabusinessjournal.com, where you can follow our reporting each and every day. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening.